0: Are you ready?
1: It's showtime, folks! Do I have everybody's attention now? We are the
0: nation! Give me a hell yeah! Yes! What? Yes! What?
1: Embrace the vision. We want the smoke. Everybody's got a price. With the benefit of those with flash photography. With a tear in my eye. The
0: cream of the crop.
1: But... But... but, but, but life. Hey, yo. You just made the list. I am a the man.
0: Not the best there is, the best there was, and the
1: best there ever will be. This is such good shit. Let's just get down to business. We'll shoot from the hip.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wrestle Nation, pro wrestling talk for people who talk pro wrestling. This is the official podcast of Nation Extreme Wrestling, talking about all the happenings in the newest pro wrestling organization in the Pacific Northwest, as well as breaking down the world of WWE, NXT, AEW, and more. Whether it's then, now, or new, we're here to break it down. My name is Jay Bowman, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Wyatt Art the Stanchion. Wyatt, how are you doing this fine
0: evening? Uh, pretty good, pretty good I guess okay is a good way of saying it Okay, great
2: I'm bringing the energy This is the guy who's exhausted from a high I'm energy wrestling I'm investigating pay-per-view. so
0: many things, sir As an award-winning journalist, I am always working Right now you're taking away precious time to investigate the deep cases out there So this is on you
2: Well, we appreciate you participating in the show and taking a little bit of a siesta from your investigations. Uh, We are also joined here by the architect, Mike Paris. Mike,
1: how are you? Ah, I, I, do you know what? I'm going to say it three times and hopefully he appears. Honky tonk man, honky tonk man, honky tonk man. I'm just, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with excitement. I am ready to talk. Let's do it. Why did you do that? Now there's a
2: giant pompadoured man behind me who's asking for money for a signed eight by 10. And try to get me to go do wrestling.
0: You got to narrow it down. Who is this we're talking about?
2: <laughs> it could be many. <laughs> what's Conan O'Brien doing there? All right, we will get right down to it. We got a lot to talk about today. But first of all, we are going to talk about what's happening with NEW Nation Extreme Wrestling. Alright, the road to NEW1 is almost over. We are four days away from the hottest ticket in town, and I am beyond fired up. Two amazing shows of pro wrestling action. The 7pm show is that WCW NWO-centric pay-per-view that ran in January. It is sold out, and the last 40 tickets for the NEW matinee at 2pm on Saturday, September 11th, have been released along with an announcement of a new match. Hey uh, fellas, did you uh, see this one you see this new match
0: i've heard of it i'd like you to tell the people again as an investigative reporter uh, as myself i already knew but you should probably tell the people because you, you have a decent voice
2: oh, oh thank you <laughs> oh my
0: goodness that's the, <laughs> you say that's that's the nicest writing? shit you've ever said to me <laughs>
2: it will be judas icarus versus the wrestling genius daniel maccabi
1: oh shit that is a hell of a match i they keep on loading up this second show uh, man these guys if they're putting on the show I know they can these guys are going to be pooped by the end of this night but uh, I think we can count on them to do exactly that
0: uh, there are so many promising wrestlers in this uh, area that you never know who's going to go as far and who's going to you know go to the top of the mountain but they're always working so hard but there's one guy that you know if I saw him the first time and I had that it factor, it was Judas Icarus for me. And the last guy I said that about was El Phantasmo. Um, not that I'm some sort of genius scout, and just an award-winning journalist, but just in terms of when you go there and you see a guy that kind of like you vibe with, and you kind of like, he just, you can't even explain why. He just has it. There's something about the way he wrestles that, like, he just you, gets you into it. It's, it's like a, a blend of recklessness and ability and, like, giving it his all. And uh, Icarus has it to the moon, and he's also working his ass off. So him against Maccabi, who's a fucking technical genius, like, that's a fucking great matchup. So I, I cannot wait to see that.
2: Yep, and everybody's going to come away from NEW1, especially that 2pm matinee, having that same feeling Wyatt had about El Phantasmo uh, and Judas Icarus. They're going to have that same feeling about Parm Singh Man. He's going to win! He's going to win, and I will look like an absolute genius. Just a quick rundown of that two p.m. card again: The Wise Men will take on the Illa Tribe and tag team action. Parm will take on Bishop and defeat him soundly. Malik Mello versus Artemis Spencer. Elliot Tyler and Ravenous Randy versus Alex Plexus and Sebastian Wolf. Fergie and Evan Rivers. Voros Twins versus Reloaded and Nicole Matthews versus Veda Scott. Man, that's going to be a fantastic show.
0: Yeah, again, looking forward to it and seeing everyone get back in the ring and see who's, you know, ready to go, and it's kind of, you know, we'll talk about CM Punk in a bit, but just seeing guys who've been off for a while and seeing, like, how ring-ready they are, and I know they've all been training really hard, but just to see everyone kind of get in there, and I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun, even just for the fans to be there and to watch everyone, you know, get their action on in the ring, I honestly, we say it every week, we're very excited, but it's true, I'm I'm super excited to see what happens and and to walk away that night discussing what was the match of the night, who was the worker of the night, who surprised you the most, and Everyone could have their own version of like the guy they think has it or the girl they think has it. So if anyone goes to the show and they think someone else is gonna be the person that has it, you know, talk to us, tell us, we wanna hear that stuff. This is like a lot of fun and yeah, I cannot wait to, to see both shows.
2: Yeah, because that's it. What's going to be the match of the afternoon versus what's going to be the match of the night? Because the 7 p.m. card, just to remind you folks, Travis Williams will take on Judas Icarus, the Voros Twins versus the Illa Tribe, Evan Rivers versus Sebastian Wolf. Jackie Lee versus Alex Plexus versus Randy Myers versus Veda Scott, Nicole Matthews versus Daniel McCabe, Bishop versus Sharif, the Wise Men versus Elliot, Tyler, and Fergie, and your main event, Artemis Spencer versus Speedball Mike Bailey.
0: Question, who do you think is going to win between Bishop and Sharif?
2: I don't know if Bishop will be mentally recovered enough from the defeat he suffers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the hands of Parm earlier on in the uh, in the afternoon, so I, a that's call. a real toss-up. A that could go either way. Make a
0: call. I need you to make a call. <laughs> sure, I,
2: think, I think Sharif. I think Bishop. <laughs> so
0: Bishop's going 0 for 2. Over two <laughs> 0 for 2 at N E W one Why does he want me in the ring for five minutes when you're the one who's like, yeah, I think he's going to win. He's going to go 2 and 0. Oh. You're saying he's going 0 oh and 2. You're the one who should be in the ring with him. For for not believing in him, sir. It's
2: not how it works. Bishop has reached out. Bishop Bishop challenged me. Uh, I put Wyatt safety where my mouth is, and uh, it looks like if Bishop wins those matches, it's not going to happen. Uh, he gets Wyatt in the ring for six minutes. So wow. All yeah. right. I'll pay to see that. Th- yeah. This is I mean, why I need a lawyer.
0: Setting. This is why I need a lawyer right there. <laughs>
2: That 7 p.m. card, like I said, it is sold out. It is gonna be absolutely electric there. Uh Rob Fay is out here giving away tickets on Twitter. He did a uh, Twitter ticket giveaway <laughs> earlier on today. Uh make sure to follow at NEW Wrestling Inc. and at NEW Wrestle Pod. You never know. Maybe we'll give out some tickets one of these days. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh the
0: password is why it's gonna get his ass kicked. Again, I don't understand. I did I <laughs> believe in Bishop. I I mean I don't believe in his good guy act, but I believe in Bishop for being able to go to. And oh, you're the. I don't get this. that. That, right <laughs> what, what? There, that's what? why he, no, that little catty remark you made. That's why
2: he's going to get you in the ring and he's got you for
0: six minutes. He's a good guy now. Give me hugs. So it doesn't even matter. Fine. I'll give him six minutes. We'll just talk in the ring.
2: All right. Boring. Well, the other major acquisition that happened this week uh is that NEW has locked down it's DJ. When you're making a wrestling company, you're starting a wrestling company, you want to get the talent, you want to get good booking, you want to get good production stuff, and you also got to make sure you lock down that DJ. And J Swing is a member of the NEW
1: roster. How dope is that? Uh, There's a lot of open DJ positions in the city right now, but there's only one of note, and it was the NEW DJ. And uh, we all know J Swing can get a party started and keep it going. Uh, He keeps this party going every, every week as our producer. So we know he can get things done.
2: And also because announcing just one new signing, that's not really what happens in the world of professional wrestling anymore. It has also been announced that joining Jay swing in the DJ booth will be his long-standing tag team partner, DJ Flipout. What an amazing one-two punch those guys are going to make on September 11th at NEW1. It's going to be unreal. Tickets are on sale still for that 2 p.m. show on Saturday, September 11th at the Richmond Gaming Stadium. Uh, get your tickets at com. Limited seating is now available. Fellas, this is this is it. This is the last time we're going to be sitting down and talking before any uh, W1. Any final
1: thoughts heading into this weekend? Uh, yeah, I just want to, to uh, pitch as well that I believe we are going to hear your beautiful dulcet tones uh, as of Monday, I believe is the plan for the uh, recorded streamed version of NEW. So If you don't have tickets, uh, that should be available next week. That is correct. Another announcement that happened this week
2: that I did not have in my breakdown here is that they have announced the streaming version will be available several days after N E W one I will be on commentary with Rob Fay and Justin Morissette. Super excited to uh, to do that. It's going to be awesome.
0: So I will say that obviously people have good intentions. They come in, they're going to work hard and trying to work their way to the top. It's new grounds right now. We're trying to feel it out. So the guys I have eyes on right now would be the, you know, the guys that maybe will do the nefarious deeds out there. So I I keep my eye on the Wiseman and Plexus and Wolf with Cassie at the helm because those two groups in the past have been kind of Weasley, let's say. Uh, But I respect them because they know how to get things done. So uh, I'm looking forward to see what they got up their sleeves.
2: All right. And then we'll be back next week with uh, the fallout from, uh, from NEW1. But I guess what we'll get to right now is the hottest story in professional wrestling, the fallout from All Out. It's time for the Wide World of Wrestling. All right, so we are a few days removed from AEW's all-out pay-per-view. Somebody asked me after the show, they're like, oh yeah, I saw it blowing up social media. Was the show any good? How was it? And my response, seismic. It was a massive show from top to bottom, debuts, returns, excellent wrestling. Honestly, like this was probably one of the best
1: wrestling pay-per-views that have happened in the last decade and maybe ever within recent memory this is absolutely the best wrestling pay-per-view uh i've seen in a very long time and i i was texting with you last night about it bowman and it you felt a seismic shift this feels momentous this feels like a night to remember uh for a lot of reasons and a night to go down in the wrestling books of history um because i think this is a night in which we see aew make the big swing for the fences that might shift things fully in their direction
0: it yeah when is the last time wrestling felt this relevant it, it's been a long time uh not often you guys been talking about it what was one of the big, biggest things you heard people saying is i think i might tune into this pay-per-view i might buy this for the first time in a long time i saw a lot of comments of people like i'm gonna tune in for the first time in a long time to like a big event which is why I couldn't love it more when they chose to, you know, unveil all the names they did in the show. Because they, they, yeah, they swung for the fences, and what better way to to grab that mainstream audience? Because it's true, a lot of AEW, a lot of wrestling fans love it, but getting the mainstream is a different beast. Which is why you see, in the old days, Vince getting the big star acts of, like, the actors and stuff. You try and grab that mainstream audience. Uh, and again, remember when Attitude Era was here, it was all like when wrestling was quote-unquote cool, like it hit the mainstream where I mean, like, people were crotch with their teachers in grade seven. It was like everyone knew about <laughs> it, right? Like <laughs> if, if you missed wrestling, suck like, yeah, suck God. it. it void. <laughs> but if you missed it, you felt a bit left out. And this is the first kind of way it feels like it's going towards that. And this is the first time like if Vince says to anyone, oh, I'm not worried about AEW, then he's a fucking liar. Because if you're looking at that show and not worried, then I then you're insane because they brought it, and they nailed it. And AEW now, with like the names they've got there and the momentum they've got, like it's hard to imagine. A couple of years ago, we were like, you know, is, is this a flash in the pan? Is this the guy with the money just going to try it and it's not going to work? Is like we've seen losses, like is another impact, like they're good effort, but they don't have the the dreams and the money and the vision to get it done. But holy hell, man, they knocked it out of the park. And again, I feel weird being like AEW is the best all the time, but they are doing so incredibly well because that wrestling show from top to bottom was put together well and was just fantastic to watch. I loved it. And
2: you mentioned it. It's it's cool, right? It it it's it's hip. And they've had people cross over and people make the jump. Obviously Jericho was a big one because he was the first kind of domino with that. But they've had, you know, Miro show up and you know the late Brody Lee. And, uh, you know, you have the Malachi Black one, which was a surprise because they messed up with his contract and didn't know when his no-compete was up. Uh, But, you know, they've had people come and cross over and jump over, but none to this level. Um, And I think this goes back to CM Punk on the 20th of August, where everybody was kind of hearing that buzz and tuning in to see on Rampage. Oh, what's this all about? And that segment with CM Punk was so monumental and so excellent, and they've been able to continue that over several weeks of dynamites and rampages and keep people's interest high that they, I'm sure, got a lot of eyeballs on that pay-per-view. And I can't imagine anybody not watching that show
0: and being entertained by what they see. That's the thing. Like, again, it, you, you almost universal praise for that show and what they did, and... The fact that I don't well, again, we'll dive into the actual aspects of the show later, but that's the the writing of the show was brilliant. The fact and when I'm watching it, and you can't help yourself for like book shows when you watch it, like oh they should do this, they do that, should do that. Like they did a lot of what I was thinking. Not that I'm a genius, but like the things we talked about from A to B to C, and it works, right? So it, it was fun to see, and just having the fact that like even the end reveal where you're like oh oh that could work, and they did it. Like I fucking like it's 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 almost like you know when you do fantasy booking, it actually all came true. You're like wait what? Hold on, why is this actually happening? Because we've been for years trained from WWE to not, like, you know, Does not how it works, that's how we do it, pal. But here, it's like all the things that kind of made sense actually happened, and it was just a lot of fun. The crowd reaction, you talk about it, man. Like, we've, we've seen it in the sports, with the hockey, with the fans missing. The, the fan element's huge. WWE crowds, <laughs> Bowman, you took me to on once. Uh, it was a great present, I loved it. But the crowd was not that into it. Because you don't get that reaction out of you. It's so, like, sanitized, and it's not like you're almost like, you're being taught to like write with your your wrong hand like it's like you're, this is what wrestling should be but w tells you that's what it is you're kind of like you just can't go with it it's not organic but aw it's organic as fuck and like we talk about all the time sorry to grab the mic but more wing journalists what i want but we go all the time about how like <laughs> uh like the big pops right you talk about the biggest pops of the era like they start dying after or, like daniel bryan is the last big guy who got pops but like they don't really happen anymore but we're seeing that in aw now these huge pops and it's gonna happen more and more like i can envision someone down the line getting those Steve Austin-type pops because, like, the crowd, they're giving them what they want but not all the time and, like, having fun with it. Like, it's just, God damn it, boys, it's fun. It's goddamn fun.
1: <laughs> it's fun again. Yeah. It's fun, fun again. again. Fun again, exactly. Yeah, wrestling is fun again. It's relevant again. The CM Punk uh, appearance at Rampage was a perfect build to this event and it didn't, over the CM Punk match didn't overshadow the other debuts that we had. Uh, at All Out and it was just such a perfect blend every moment, every moment like I I literally, well, Paul White and QT Marshall, maybe not, but every other moment was pitch perfect entertainment wrestling and actually like when you thread the QT Marshall and and, uh, Paul White match into that it actually was an excellent kind of cool down and kind of set things up for the next next uh, story and like I say everything was just so good and I could go on for hours
0: uh, the Paul White match which you know as you said was a good cool down it's also going to be a fantastic trivia question in five years what was the the match just before Daniel Bryan <laughs> yeah that'll be a, a trivia question down the line that we're going to nail because remember that moment. we are <laughs> we
2: absolutely are okay guys well, let's go uh around the horn and what was a match that really jumped out and grabbed you really surprised you something that you
0: were really really excited to uh to see on the show and something that absolutely delivered
2: for you we'll start with Wyatt
0: so it wasn't the match itself because I watched uh, the Ambrose match and I'm like it's a match Jesus Christ um <gasps> sorry oh my you God. used his Fire. federation <laughs> name <laughs> <is that>?
1: award-winning
0: <laughs> journalist what I'm giving you this pass and give you context of the history of him as I do as an award-winning journalist um so John bros match uh wasn't that like match was fine but it was when Suzuki came out that I lost my shit because that's just so much fun um, that's insane. That's yeah. insane to me. That 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 was my favorite. Like, because the other ones I kind of knew were coming. I didn't, I didn't know anything about this one. Loved it. Uh, I do want to say that, oh my God, I didn't realize his theme song was so shitty for Mox. Like, Wild? <laughs> what the fuck is that guy? Gar- I hate his theme song. Now It's yeah. Awful. Now, it's Wild Thing, but it's bad. when they
2: first when they first brought it out, they used, like, the original recording of, like, Wild yeah. Thing whatever. It had a fucking, like, a little flute. Yeah. Like, a little pan flute interlude that was left in the song. So he's literally entering the ring. It's like, <laughs> it was the most cartoony sounding thing ever. I think they've done a decent edit of it now where there's no more Pan flute,
0: but uh, not a fan of Wild Thing, are you? Well, it, it feels a bit cartoonish for a guy that's coming across as, like, I'm supposed to be like a killer, I'll go violent death match and stuff. That to me is a bit, doesn't jive with me fully. Like, fair fucks if people like it, but it feels a bit cartoonish on my end. I'm like, oh, okay. What if it was
2: like
1: Kickstart My Heart? Then I'm by down. That, that, would, that be, well, would that be good?
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I know this wasn't the topic on hand, but since we're talking about theme songs now, uh, the Daniel Bryan. Uh, reveal, And I realize everyone was hoping for Final Countdown. It's a song from the indies. That's what they're doing. They're bringing right it here. in. Yep. But you've got, what's it called? Ride of the Valkyries? Flight of the Valkyries? I Flight forget. Valkyries, what, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You, you've got that kind of hit, which is, by the way, public domain. So Fairfax <laughs> to whoever wants to use it. And also has that same impact hit that they were looking for to get the pop and it worked. And I I honestly don't know if it was better or worse than Final Countdown, but I can assure you it was cheaper.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure they're spending a pretty penny on these wrestlers and their contracts and we all know they're not done. So if he comes in with the, you know, public domain flight of the Valkyries, uh, fine with it. Cause yeah, to Paris, to your point, Everybody recognizes that. People might not know that Final Countdown was his thing on the I mean, when they were singing along to Suzuki's song, I was super impressed. Like they were, And it wasn't just like one or two guys in the front row. That crowd was singing um, Suzuki's song, which was super impressive. But when that opening, you know, violin or lute or whatever the hell is opening Flight of the Valkyries, uh, when that hit, everybody knows. Anybody who knows yeah. anything about pro wrestling from the last, you know, 10 years or whatever, they know who that
1: is and they're going to flip out. Now, this wasn't a match that I was fully anticipating in the same way, but it is a match that I totally enjoyed, and it delivered the match with uh, the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks in the steel cage. I thought that was everything I wanted and more.
2: I am definitely inclined to agree. I'm not going to say that match because, you know, you've used it now, so that match is now off the book. So, why if you were going to say that match, uh, Paris has reached out. He's stolen that match. I was, here's the thing about this. Uh, My girlfriend hates pro wrestling. Really, really doesn't like it. Uh, Today I was with her and I was excitedly telling her about everything that happened, even though I know she doesn't care. Talking about the debuts and stuff, it got just shy of me pulling out my phone and showing her videos, which she would have I-rolled her way through. But uh, I did tell her about, oh, and then there was this great tag match where one man had a special shoe with thumbtacks on it and he kicked another man in the face a bunch of times. And she's like, ugh. And I'm like, no, no, it was cool. It was really, really cool. Uh, why? What's your big standout match from All Out?
0: Um, I do want to weigh in on that match. That match for me is like just a, t- a touch below five stars. Just in the stacks of like the entire show, it was something for everyone. And I'm not saying it was a bad match, but there was a bit of element of some of their spots were a bit contrived and just a bit where i was like oh like it took me out of it just a little bit and that's you know a bit pedantic of me but that was a little part where i was like okay the ending was awesome They built up well the crowd reaction was amazing i love the fact that Lucian went over uh, a lot of fun obviously a spike shoe i can't hate that but in terms of like that being a classic it was just a bit there was just a few spots from like okay no that's a little much for my taste um overall what was the opening of the show again what was the opening match
2: opening match was uh, Miro and Eddie Kingston Miro. for the TNT title
0: yeah okay um, again like the, this show this, that's the beauty of this show for me is that not one match was like blew me away in the terms of like that was my favorite by all, all. it was more about the moments with this entire view for me so like there was a lot of big moments so even if I didn't really think this match was five stars or whatever like it still had good moments and a good case in point again like the Ambrose match was like nothing great and Jesus Christ Moxley Who? Mox <laughs> Mox you get three of these I'm sorry I got one more so again everyone <laughs> appear behind me and like attack me as old version <laughs> um, like even that match I was okay, this is whatever, and then you know it ends like that. Even like the, the finale, which is like Omega versus Christian Cage, wasn't that you know insane of a match at all? It was very it was telling a story though, and I understood what they were yeah. doing. I don't need Christian Cage to be hanging with Omega, so I was fine with what they were doing, and but then the ending all comes together, and like I could go the best part for me, and I'm gonna I don't care, was the end of the match uh, where Adam Cole comes out, does his whole baby thing, and I'm like, All right, so I see it. I'm like that should be Daniel Bryan. That's cool like, he comes out. Yo, he could be the guy that faced Omega. He's got some beef with him, that's great. I'm like, But what what if Brian still comes and then he does the heel thing. I'm like, that's amazing because he can team with them for a while, but there's still that element of down the line, they've got an escape clause for Omega getting fucked or him getting fucked. That's still a good element to have. Why waste it now? And then Dan O'Brien comes out and that shit like that for me was like, you see it. I didn't even think of it happening. Like brilliant. Swing for the fences, get the mainstream. Everyone's watching you right now. You're showing the world what you've got. I've saw a lot of comments online, people being like, holy shit, like this is so much fun. I've missed all this stuff. So even if like, I'm sitting there being like, I believe that match was 4.805, they don't give a shit. People are watching this, mainstream fans are seeing the Lucha Brothers, they're seeing that fucking shoe. They're loving this shit. There was something for everyone in the show. And there's one guy, I guarantee you, there's one guy out there who's sitting there going, Give me a three minute match with a giant. That's what I want. And he got his fucking wish.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I just think everything everything was everything layered into storytelling. It was just so mm-hmm. pitch perfect storytelling for every uh for every member of the audience and i don't know if this is the case because i can't speak to something i haven't experienced but i feel like you could have stepped into that as a fan who had maybe never even watched aew and still understood what was going on still been engaged in the storytelling and still enjoyed every match that you saw and that's exactly what they needed in this moment to really as you say all eyes were on them more eyes than i assume have been thus far and it was the talk of the town on Twitter from people who I've never seen tweet about wrestling before, and they delivered on every aspect. And like I said, if, if it's a wrestling that you don't have to have been engrossed in for the last six months, and you still understand and you still love it, that, that speaks to something good. We'll talk about the final segment a little bit uh, a little
2: bit more. Uh, before that, though, so obviously the big hook for this show, the in-ring return of CM Punk after seven years to wrestle Darby Allin. So, you know, match happened. What are some initial thoughts from the match? I thought the match was great. I thought it was a nice uh, kind of a slow build at first, but I thought some of the spots were awesome. I knew that Punk would win. I felt very strongly that Punk would win. You can't have him come back and lose. But in doing so, he would make Darby Allen look like a huge star, and that's pretty much where they came out of it with. Why? What was your take on CM Punk in his long tights returning to
0: uh, the ring after seven years? I, did, I didn't like the pants. Certain guys can have pants. I don't want to be CM Punk. I, I threw me off. I'd make sure I wasn't watching. Edge. It's
2: the inver- it's 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 the inverse of how I felt when Jericho went to Trunks. Yeah. Trump's. yeah. I never got used no. to that. That always seemed weird to no, me. I
0: agree. So no, he, yeah,
2: kind of the inverse of that. The trunk
0: guy to me. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a slow match, and there were a lot of rest holds. I'm like, good for you. Take your time, CM Punk. Uh, but they built up. Uh, <laughs> they got a lot of momentum, and ended up being, you know, a great match. Like you saw some of the moves. Like Punk looked fantastic. He didn't have any, you know, weird stumbles or anything obvious. I'm sure wrestlers might have seen something I don't, but overall, from a fan's point of view, I thought it looked great. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, and to your point, that CM Punk should win. There was even a point where I thought maybe he doesn't win. Maybe that's like a good kind of start where he doesn't have it anymore, and that turns into a heel turn or a face turn. And that's the credit I give AEW and the fact that like I don't know where they're gonna go with it. And I like that. Like I trust them enough to take it somewhere fun. I trust the workers to have enough input to know where they want to go with their characters. It's not John Moxley out here talking about how the crowd stinks. Like there's not those things that are forced on you. Nailed yeah. it, boys.
2: <laughs> with the gas yeah. mask on his boy stinks, it's making me sick in his fucking bane
0: coach. Yeah. And I do want to give Jesus. a huge shout out just the the commentary team. Like it was wrestling. It wasn't fucking show business. It wasn't corporate shit. I didn't hear, oh no. I didn't hear any Michael Coleisms. It was just wrestling. At one point, they were like swearing on the mic, which I fucking loved. Like, like, they the, saying the that. shit. I'm like, that is. Yeah. like yeah. Shivani was getting. Oh, heat. That, like, that was like, it felt real. It felt like that's being a bit edgy, but not like in your face, not like, you know, dropping like, you know, the C word. No, they're saying the word shit like real people. It felt very natural and like, no, this isn't like. We don't care about stockholders. This is like wrestling for the sake of wrestling. If it works, we're going to use it. And I loved it. So like big shout out to the commentators too, like the whole commentary team. And again, Jim Ross, who when WWE would bring him back every once in a while, like he was not that good. But I think it's because like he's doing a show once every six months or a year at that time. Now he's like in the flow of things. Like he's getting better. He's getting in his zone. And like, there's just something fun about hearing JR calling wrestling again. Like, I love it.
2: It's also crazy yeah. that it's like Jim Ross and like yeah. Shivani, the voice of WWF yeah. in the Attitude
1: Era, yeah. and the voice of WCW have Voltron and it's just amazing. Yeah, and this is pretty much the same commentary team that they started with two years ago, three years ago, whatever it's been. And let's be honest, that first all-out pay-per-view was a bit rusty from a commentary perspective. So they have absolutely hit their stride. They're getting each other. They're flowing with each other. And also, like, from the Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone perspective, and Excalibur, like, these are all three guys who were all play-by-play main focus guys Uh, in their own respective companies, and they've managed to find a perfect blend. Excalibur is the guy calling the moves. It's... uh, And then Shivani's adding his piece. Ross is adding his piece. Oftentimes... all seems to work. Yeah, um, it's
2: just... All of it was just. This is just. A f- this is a fun thing to sit around and talk to you guys about. I was super psyched watching the show because I could not wait to sit behind the mic and discuss it with you guys. Uh, we'll talk some of the some of the debuts now. First of all, we're going to start with as a rancid fan, feel the need to start out with uh, Ruby Soho, the Joker in the Casino Battle Royal, uh, formerly known as Ruby Riot, or currently last night known as Ruby Riot, according to Jim Ross, once or twice. It happens. Um, <laughs> it but, happens. To you, uh, God bless him. God bless. Him. <laughs> hey, yeah. Wyatt is very it. supportive. <laughs> hey, sometimes you call them by their old names. Uh, big perfect. Show was Big
1: Show a couple times hey, too. He He'll sure always was. Big Show. No Come more on. BS.
2: It's it's in his Titan No more or sorry, his video no screen. More BS. No more BS. Uh what about the debut and the, the big win and the first uh, number the number one contender
1: for Ruby Soho? Uh, First and foremost, this is a a jolt of lightning to the women's division. Um, She's super talented. She's super charismatic. She can play face. She can play heel. She is is exactly the kind of wrestler they needed right now to give that a bolster to that division. And automatically, she is a credible contender for the title. And we were talked about it maybe last week, a couple weeks ago, but that's exactly what the women's division needed, was a credible person to go up against Britt Baker. And you couldn't have asked for someone better. So I I was hoping maybe the Battle Royal was an opportunity to skyrocket someone else a little bit, but I don't blame them at all for having her be the one to to win it.
2: Yeah, I mean, and they even have a built-in thing with her and Thunder Rosa, who were the final two uh, in the match and looked like they had really, really great chemistry. It was fun to see them lock it up. But I think, you know, I think uh, Chris Statlander did an awesome job in the match with uh, with Britt Baker as well. Um, Britt Baker, obviously, the top of that division and has this built-in feud with uh, with Ruby Soho. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, let's talk some other debuts, obviously. Let's get into that final segment, we all should have seen this coming when Adam Cole walked out of the heel tunnel. <laughs> Foolish, all of us. And that was a fun thing that Punk teased when he was leaving, as he was pointing to which tunnel is the right tunnel to go into, because one of them's for heel, one of them's for face. But we all should have been in on it when um, when he came out of the heel tunnel. Massive ovation, super cool, Mike. Uh, we texted each other yesterday. I'd mentioned to you that I love how they don't insult our intelligence we know that he's close with them even though he was killed off on being the elite i love the whole like yeah the other person who could challenge me they're either not here they're retired or they're already dead and then here comes uh adam cole back to life but you know they're all friends you know they're all buddies so when he super kicks uh jungle boy and they have the young bucks kissing each cheek and he's laughing like Adam Cole's an incredible heel, and that's what he needs to be because he's got such a smarmy, punchable face. And they did that whole segment so well. When's the last time you saw two major acquisitions debut in the same segment with a face turn and then a heel turn and then a face coming in on top of it to battle everybody? It was amazing. I've I've never seen a segment like that in all my time of watching pro wrestling.
1: Yeah, the setup seems uh, moderately... Uh, heavy handed that of course uh, Jurassic Express comes out and and that whole thing so it's obviously Christian and and Jurassic Express and, and Daniel Bryan versus the Elite but I'm here for it but ultimately, that, it doesn't matter because I'm here for it. And uh it, like you said, that Adam Cole, as part of the Elite thing, it only made sense. He's done his best work in the last five years, maybe even longer than that. Yeah, but much longer than that as part of a stable, as a major part of a stable. And maybe he not be the head of this one, but he is going to be a major fixture and it just fits. And why, why negate our intelligence like that as fans they're playing to the smart fans here they know that we know what's going on so let's just turn that character up to 11
0: yeah it kind of reminds me a bit of back in the rocks day when like he was starting to finally like you know get some face behind him right oh i'm like i'm starting to get like oh people are starting to go like oh the guy from the nation like him against triple h at the big matter match everyone's kind of getting behind him he tells owen and everyone else stay in the back everyone's like oh this guy's coming to his own people are starting to love him like finally get to love rocky you know and then boom The Mankind fucking, like, clocks him. It was Rock who was part of the corporation. Corporate Rock comes for, like, the fucking, one of the best runs of, my favorite run of the Rock of all time uh same thing kind of adam cole he doesn't need to be a top face now at all so he comes in he can be the heel It gives him a time to maybe kick out omega down the line maybe he, he gets momentum becomes a face and gets more momentum like it just it gives him so many more moves right now and it plays into the smart fans like you said so when i first saw it i'm like yeah this will be a lot of fun you can face omega I'll be like w-? then you see that happen like makes sense i love it like you just you got on board with it yeah and that's the thing when it makes sense we're willing to accept a lot of shit you know what i can see it that makes you accept so much more stuff that happens right so that's all i ask And also what I love so much
2: about it is that was something that was obviously set up by Kenny Omega, like in character, was like, I'm going to say this shit, and then, oh no, here comes a new girl, and then he just takes the piss out of it, and it's all a big turn, and aha, you idiots, you fell for it, yeah, this big guy, he's actually with us now, the elite can't be topped, and then obviously, uh, Brian Danielson, nice to say that name again. Uh, not Daniel Bryan. Bryan Danielson comes out, and uh, he got a little R-rated after the mm-hmm. uh, the camera stopped rolling. Uh, Paris, did you did you see what? Uh, I, I am not familiar. So no, dude, find it. It's great. He was like, "Oh, so there here's I know there's some people here who call themselves elite. I'm here to find out if they actually are." So AEW, let's fucking go! And then the crowd just went bananas, <laughs> crazy rabid it was oh it was awesome and there's one thing that I really really love about what AEW does as well and that is we'll talk about a little bit later uh their post event press conferences and media availability it's unreal
1: yeah I think one of my favorite things about these three guys I'll include Punk in this uh and their debuts is They seem genuinely excited to be here. Like genuinely. Punk, after his match, seemed like just so just thrilled to get back in the ring. Thrilled to get back in action. And then you've got Daniel Bryan dropping F-bombs. Like they all just seem like they are in the right place. And I think we feel that they feel that way. And let's not forget about uh, Moxley as well, who basically gets to run through
2: a bunch of Japanese hard men and he's living his best life. You know that's it's got to be amazing for him too. No scripted promos. He can go out say whatever he wants, just have violent matches and stuff. Uh, the real Snowden at JE Snowden on Twitter uh, posted something earlier that I thought was interesting. Based on my understanding, Aew isn't attracting talent by offering more money than WWE. That's very different than WCW back in the day, which outspent Vince. They are winning free agent battles because a lot of wrestlers place value on personal happiness and job satisfaction.
0: Yeah, that's not surprising. We were debating where Adam Cole would go for weeks, and I was hardcore on the side that he would join AEW just from the fact of the friends, the creativity. And now we look at it, it's almost like, of course, he chose the AEW, but there's always that kind of pull of WWE. And I think that's showing that that's going further and further away. And whether it's John Moxley talking on the podcast about how his time there, or CM Punk back in they day talking about how his time there. And I think CM Punk and those scrums you mentioned talked about, Daniel Bryan loved his time there, but a lot of people just like when they were there, like, You see it, people will get there, and they'll be given, like, a bad booking role, and they'll do it, and they just kind of, like, say, oh, it was fine, I still made money, but, like... Yeah, maybe some people get in wrestling with money, but like if you're in the long term, it's because you love it And so you can't tell me to my face that part of you, even though you got to the top of the mountain If you're stuck in that bottom role with no chance of getting higher, like that doesn't hurt you inside That doesn't make you sad that you can't even have you can't, Even if you're on the lower end of the card and you're still valuable That you can't even contribute to your character or make things make sense You're just told to go out there and do some shit because Vince finds it funny Like that, it seems to be getting worse and worse and more to the corporate side So now it's like, yeah, there's this place that goes, hey guys, come on down you know, have some fun. And I think it was Ruby Soho who said that like she went to the locker room and was welcomed by everyone. It was such a nice feeling. Everyone was talking, everyone was excited. And that kind of comes with that whole idea of like make your employees happy and your court and your company will succeed. The same thing. They're all happy. They're you're telling me they're gonna bust their ass for your company now because they've they've been given some responsibility. Hey, invest in your character, tell us what you want, sink or swim now. Like it's now it's it's not just us who take the loss, it's you, you're part of this. You know, it's it's just yeah, I think that's a, a very easy selling point for AW now.
2: It's that love for wrestling and that passion for wrestling that got them through the indies and stuff all those years ago, which has now been reinvigorated by, you know, some of those wrestlers who basically, you know, had it, quote unquote, stamped out
1: at times by WWE. Yeah, I was just trying to find the tweet. I forget who it was, but one of their wrestlers, uh tweeted something to the extent of people were asking who was going to win the game, and now this isn't even a game anymore. There is no game. I, f- I forgot what the exact wording was, but it, it it was perfectly surmised how I'm feeling about it, because... Somebody
2: said it's not about the game, nor how you play how it. You play it. <laughs> not
1: about control, nor if you can take it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was that... It was the English guy that uh, what's his uh, that Cody's been fighting lately. I forget was is, but he was the one who tweeted it. Anyway, um, and yeah, th- like that's how I feel as a fan, and I think that's how the wrestlers feel as well. I- I'm I- honestly, I don't. F- I was always a WWE truther, so to speak. I was the one defending them, saying that this is going to be okay. This is just a rocky point in time, and that AEW isn't going to supplant them in any serious way. And honestly, as of last night, I could give two shits what WWE is doing right now. Like, legitimately, I don't, I have no interest in their product right now. And with the NXT rebranding, as one of the only things that I maybe gave two shits about in in wwe uh now i feel like i give like even negative shits i could not give less shits you're sucking i couldn't take a shit into you. i could <laughs> give a shit <laughs> but yeah like i can't like i don't know what this nxt rebranding is going to look like but it's certainly not anything that's going to get me back into the product i at least i don't think so
2: Well, this is a great way to transition into our WWE talk. Uh, (laughs) No, fuck it. No, we're not. Um, What do you think is the best way to build on this? So they have these guys. There's the rumor now that uh, Wyndham Rotunda, Bray Wyatt, whatever, his non-compete is up in November just before Full Gear, which is our next pay-per-view. Guys, how great is that, too? Yeah, September 5th pay-per-view next one not till november not three weeks from now i'm sure they'll have a special dynamite here or there but no you gotta wait for those
1: big events they're gonna feel special it's almost like the wwe non-compete clause thing is Backfiring on them because it's giving us this countdown clock to the <laughs> yeah. next guy. It like actually builds hype for AEW. It's like, oh well, his non-compete's done there. His non-compete's done there. I wonder if he's going to show up. He might show up. Well, he can't show up until the next one. It's actually like they've designed it to protect their business and have them not compete for the competitor. But it, honestly, it's just building hype.
0: Oh, it's again everything right now feels so fun. Even going back to again those those pressers at the end of the the shows. Brian Danielson was saying how, like, oh, you know, CM Punk, he's here to help the kids, but, you know, fuck that, I want to kick their heads in. Like, we're seeing the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, which I love. uh He's obviously a face now, but, like, the fact that, like, we've seen what he can do in WWE, and he did some of the best content while under the heavy hand of WWE. Now that we're kind of giving him the ball, he could probably do a lot more freedom, or, like, has a lot more freedom. Like, I'm so excited. And it's not just him. It's, like, anyone who comes in, we've seen what Jericho could do. Like, even... As you know, he says until so he runs here, but even like a little bit of bubbly became iconic in here. Like he's just done a lot of fun stuff, oh, right? Like yeah. that was fun. I didn't necessarily like the fact that uh he beat MGF. I don't think he needed to beat MGF there. I didn't like I didn't like that, but fine. Like I, I I like the fact that I don't have to worry about a fake retirement. I didn't I so I was up right up front about that last week. I hate that shit. So I'm okay with that in yeah. a sense. But just overall, just the fact that you know, there are so many names here and there's so many smart minds here and they've been doing fine before these guys got here. And the fact that even Brian Danielson himself said, like, I want people who were day one people here to get the respect they deserve because they, like, got this going. And, like, again, that shows the level of respect they all have there. Like, that's the wrestling respect that got lost in WWE, honestly.
2: Not just got lost in WWE, but got lost in the last true semi-competitor for WWE, TNA. TNA had incredible homegrown talent. AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, uh, Bobby Roode. They had great wrestlers. And then, oh, here comes along the WWE cast offs. Here's Hogan is in here. They're doing this shit with Ric Flair, all this. And then it pushed those guys down. And that inevitably led to a lot of those guys leaving the company. Um, I have a Brian Danielson tweet here. Thank you to the men and women who have worked so hard to make AEW what it is today. I'm still buzzing from last night, and that was only possible because of what you built. I am all elite. Now it's time to kick some effing heads in.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) Delightful. Delightful. (laughs) Delightful. Yeah, it's great. And, and, and like, he comes out with this big shit eating grin on his face, too, which I just like love from like a a Brian Danielson perspective because it's just like, he's just here to have a good time, but he's also going to kick your face in. And that's. Also cool, like he's here for the the good of wrestling. He's here for a and reason. And It's just kind of a cool character. He's, <laughs> he's here, here for a reason. reason. <laughs> uh, and just to just to clarify, the tweet I was referencing earlier is Anthony Agogo, who said, uh, "When CM Punk debuted last month, I said the game had changed. After tonight, it's not even a game anymore." Boo! Yeah, and that, that totally just summarized exactly how I felt about the pay per view last night.
2: Wyatt, you and I sat there in Seattle years ago and watched. Daniel Bryan come out and tearfully announce his retirement from professional wrestling. The thing he had loved his entire life, he was forced to give it up because of medical conditions and stuff. To see where he's at now. Not just that he returned to WWE, had a couple really, really solid runs there. But now he gets to do some matches with people from Japan, right? And you look at Adam Cole. Adam Cole gets to keep his Twitch account. That's something he brought up in his post, uh, post-event post press conference, was he talked about how Twitch was something that got start, like kind of got him through the pandemic. Uh, that's when he started doing it. Like, seriously, it was just going to be for a laugh, but then he really got into, he loves video games, really got into connecting with people and being able to directly connect through that outlet with his fans. And WWE was not willing to let that be part of his new contract, and for that reason, amongst others, they
1: lost him unbelievable that has got to be one of the things that in recent history they have played absolutely wrong the twitch thing cameo all these things that these wrestlers were doing on their own that was boosting the product it was boosting their characters it was doing everything right and just because you weren't making some sort of commission off of it that rubs you the wrong way or that they're making money on their own Outside of the company like come on give me a break and like forget about talking about who Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole are going to wrestle we get to see those two guys wrestle each other on a big stage in a main main event environment and I'm here for that too. A main
2: event environment where they're able to have some dictation over how the match plays out, what the direction of the story is, and that's what I think I'm most excited about. Because yeah, they've they've wrestled each other on a SmackDown before for I think it was the NXT title or oh, something yeah. back yeah, when right. yeah. half of the roster was you know Stuck's America's of a volcano. So it's happened, but but has it really? I guess
0: yeah. I guess one of the main things from this is just you know we talk about. AEW and the Day Wonders and then the fact they're bringing in guys, you know, former WWE guys. Going down the line, though, if you're, you know, whether you're a WWE guy or you're, you know, say even like a guy like Edge, and you're seeing what AEW's doing, and you're thinking to yourself, you know what would be fun, one year of that to end things off, just having one good program, knowing that you could get that good program you want over there. And I honestly trust AEW enough to bring in something like that and like utilize it. Imagine Edge was a free agent tomorrow, or like in a year from now and join AEW. Like, I, I would Ooh, trust them enough yeah. to bring them in and not have it be like the Hogan situation where it's like, bring it in just to kind of like spite wv it's almost like they're freeing them rather than like showing them off as like look we stole it it's like no we're freeing these guys
1: what about brock lesnar what if he comes look
0: that's the dream i didn't (laughs) want to say it i don't want to (laughs) jinx it but that'll happen one day
2: (laughs) and they there's a lot of chatter right now with some of that like some of the anti-aew folks or whatever the pro w people saying well that roster's too bloated right how are you gonna book all these guys yeah sure you got them what are you gonna do now you could put that roster in a blender, and I'm interested in pretty much all of those matches. Oh, Christian versus Malachi Black? Sure, yeah, I'm into that. Uh, Andrade versus Adam Cole? Yeah, I'm into that too. Uh, let's get Scorpio Sky and Brian Danielson mixing it up? Fuck yeah, I'm into that. Like, Jungle Boy versus CM Punk at some point's going to happen. That's great shit. I'm not even mentioning Kenny Omega. You know, ah, oh,
0: man. What, eh. what if that blender, though, got, got you Christian versus Big Show?
2: Okay, I am fully prepared and willing to accept that at some point we'll get Punk Jericho or Jericho Big Show or basically paul white in any sort of <laughs> circulation of anything okay i'll take a chance of that <laughs> i'll make a smoothie with like one <laughs> shitty olive in there i'm not gonna taste it i'm sure
1: do, do you want to see a uh, big show versus dean ambrose there uh you know mr award-winning
0: journalist Oh, <laughs> uh, that would be delightful those two go far back together uh you know it'd be great <laughs>
2: I think one of my favorite tweets I saw yesterday from uh, from somebody on Twitter
0: was just three words. Do Cesaro next. Yeah. Oh Oof. can you imagine? You know what'd be funny? Hey, look, here's the thing. Let's go back to Lesnar, where we always need to go with it. I've been thinking about it every time he yeah. mentioned his name, Les- I've been thinking about it now. Honky tonk, man. <laughs> what does Lesnar love more than anything? <laughs> Money. So let's just yeah. say it was a one off where they just get just for th- that will be the one spite one I would accept. We're like, you know, we're bringing Brock for one show out of spite. Here's like a billion dollars for one show. And they give him to Moxley, so Moxley gets to beat the fuck out of him. You gotta take the L, though. Oh, yes. <laughs> Come up in for that fucking match where, like, Lesnar didn't give a shit.
1: He'd be better Garbage off being signed Mania to the that. Jaguars.
0: <laughs>
2: So what do you think the best way for AEW is to build on all this hype, all this buzz right now? Like, we're almost done with the show tonight, and I might mention two or three words about WWE,
1: but where do you see them going from here? What is the best way to build on what they've just done? Honestly, just... Steady Eddie, stick to what you're doing. I, I don't think we need to establish this. There's always going to be a big moment stuff. Let's not establish this as any sort of M. Night Shyamalan kind of gimmick that there's always going to be a twist at the end. Let's it's dangerous. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous thing to get into. So just work with what you got. Get some good storytelling going. Keep on going with the talent that you have that absolutely makes sense. Even if you want to, you know, put... CM Punk away for a little bit and have him come back later. Like, these are all things that I'm okay with. Like, just build programs, build good storytelling, and let's not try and pull too many gags.
0: Yeah, it's not just a wrestling thing when you have momentum that you can kind of forget what brought you to the dance. So It's not just purely wrestling to do that. But I think it was CM Punk who had, like, a really interesting quote of, like, this night being bigger than when The Outsider showed up. And he's like, you know, not to insult yeah. him, but like, I think this is bigger. And I thought initially, I'm like, fuck you. Outsiders are better. Fuck off. But <laughs> they have the potential for this to be bigger if they take it and they don't go crazy and they keep building and they become the first company to topple WWE. That will be a bigger night because the Outsiders became NWO, became my favorite faction, was amazing. But they really ended up fucking that company over. They made it way too big. They kept yep. going way too far with it. Yep. They grew so much that it, it's it's the joke that w, like Vince said, "I'm gonna bring an NWO to poison it." Like they did, end up poisoning it. Dogs <laughs> are poison. And they ended up poisoning it because like everyone, also on everyone's NWO, and it became terrible. So I like the idea. They just focus on what they did. They just nailed the home run. You know, don't keep swinging for dingers. Just now go steady, steady. steady, to get him base yeah. and keep hitting those yeah. that's the best doubles.
2: approach. Doubles, get yeah, hit hit doubles, yep. get in scoring position. I mean, heck, we got coming up on Dynamite this week. We got a one-on-one match with Malachi Black
1: versus Dustin Rhodes. I am super excited for that match. That's the Well, Andy yeah. Andrade pack match got pushed to, to Dynamite too, right? So That's right. There's, or I, there's, I think
2: that got I think that got pushed to
1: Rampage. Okay, Rampage. Yeah, but there's, there's, that there's, there's, Chavo, yeah. get he
0: canceled that flight. We know he canceled that. Flight. <laughs>
1: You know he did. You what know, a great I didn't cover even I know they were on American Airlines. I, I
2: I was quite disappointed because I was looking forward to seeing those yeah. guys uh, match up. And that would have been a really good showcase for both of them because, you know, well, here's Pac, another guy. Fucking Adrian Neville slash Neville. Main roster. We talked last week about main roster failures
1: in NXT. There's a guy right there. So, Andrade, there's another one. Uh, can I tell a quick uh, Pac story about, about uh, my lovely partner Ansley? Uh, So I I was casually watching uh, Dynamite and she was in the room and they started announcing him as the Bastard Pack. And Ainsley's like, who's the Bastard Pack? And I was like, oh, him, Neville. And she's like, it's only one guy. It's not much of a pack. (laughs) (laughs) Point. (laughs) (laughs) That's his thing. He's a one-man wolf pack. Yeah, a (laughs) (laughs) one-man
2: bastard pack. Uh, yeah. And then over in, uh, WWE, we got Randy Orton versus Bobby Lashley. at Rules. Yeah. Hey. Fuck.
1: Okay. Let's, let's talk about this guys. This is the build. This is everything I've ever wanted in wrestling. Um, yeah, no.
2: And no. now I just look at WWE and I'm like, I want you over there. Kevin Owens. I've been a massive Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens fan for a long time. I want, I want you over there doing, doing the fun stuff. Cesaro. I want, I want you over there too. Uh, Do you see Kofi Kingston and uh, Xavier Woods rocking uh, NWO, like, Outsiders-themed gear? Oh, no, I did
0: not. Oh, my God. Look no. at that. Kevin
2: Nash tweeted at Kofi Kingston tonight. He's like, hey, man, thanks for the love. I always wanted to see what that gear actually looked like in action. So, yeah, because uh, yeah, we'll... Um, at I think SummerSlam Xavier Woods came out doing a Scott Hall impression with the yes, spit girl that, yeah. and the toothpick and he was wearing like Scott Hall Wolfpack blood drip type stuff and then Kofi Kingston's been on the shelf and then, yeah Kingston's now returned and he's wearing the Nash uh singlet and stuff I just I love those boys so much I love them Go come over here and do
1: the fun stuff. <laughs> come,
0: well, I just want WB. I want them to like just respond properly, man. Build up your own company. Do things change? Change your fucking game a bit, man. Like that's what I'm hoping. Because again, if everyone jumps over it, like I do, want competition uh, uh, to keep going.
2: Well, Vince is losing his marbles apparently because rumors came out or reports came out from last week's RAW that he was ripping up scripts and yelling <laughs> and screaming and was a lot more agitated than people had Get seen Lester him back in a long time. Right. <laughs> And then tonight, uh, as we're recording on Monday during Raw, like, he ain't even there. Pritchard, Bruce Prichard's running the show, so Vince isn't even there. So, you know, is
1: Vince McMahon on the ropes a little bit? Is he, is he real, and what's going on there? Uh, hard to say, yeah. Like like Wyatt said at the top of the show, like, he's always preached. They are not—AEW is not a problem. They are not the enemy. They are not uh, going to challenge us for any sort of market share and maybe he's feeling the heat a little bit. I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the stockholders or the, the chair people or what have you are pressuring him saying all we're hearing about is AEW. All we're hearing about is you losing talent. And what are you doing about it? And it honestly feels like he doesn't have an answer. At least not one that is going to have any sort of impact on the wrestling world more Lesnar the, right.
0: the, 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 the answer is more Lesnar just give Lesnar all the titles NXT Lesnar Show
2: <laughs> more winking dolls uh,
1: Paris you up for a little quick round of Pusher Berry oh yeah uh, we'll make it we'll make it very quick because we've already gone long here today but happy to alright uh, so um, yeah let's uh, pick a few of these here hmm. Hmm. how about uh, Bowman you seem to be a guy who does this how about reading internet news rumors of wrestling?
2: I, okay, I am going to, I've always pushed that, just because a lot of it has been me not having a lot of time to keep up with all of wrestling, and I want to see what the cool stuff could possibly be, and then focus on watching that. However, this is now where I'm at with this. I don't want to read shit. I, I want to watch Dynamite. If, if Dynamite was taped tonight... I don't. I don't want to see spoilers or anything. I want to sit there and watch it on Wednesday live and experience it for the first uh, for the first time. So I'm gonna go with right now with everything happening. I'm burying, reading all the news and all the all the sky.
0: Yeah, I'm going to bury it for why are you a dirt sheet guy? I'm going to bury it for, for AW. I I'm, I'm kind of a mirror Bowman's thing where I would just check in to see if I needed to watch for Lesnar. I'm like, oh, what's W? Nope, okay, I'm good. And, and I'm not even joking. Like, I just didn't really care about the product. I barely watched it. And I'm like, okay, who's coming back? Oh, it's always the same thing, anyways. Oh, well, oh, the McMahon's came out, Sam's going to change. And oh, here comes Randy Orton. Okay, great. Um, So it wasn't that exciting. There's no point. So now with AW, though, like, I again, I actually sat and watched the entire show. Which I haven't done in a long time, and I'm looking forward to more shows, right? Like, I want, I I will not miss uh, John Ambrose Moxley taking on Suzuki in any way, shape, or form.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, See, I recently started, for a long time I wasn't following the WWE on Twitter because I didn't want to see anything before I saw the thing. And now I've started, and it's very easy to just follow the tweets, look at the GIFs, look at the clips that might seem interesting, and then write off the rest of it. And (laughs) that's just a very easy way to keep up on WWE without reading reading the dirt sheets. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sticking with WWE, MSK i'm gonna push msk i think they're fun super energetic
2: tag team uh they have a lot of great combo offense yeah i actually like msk a lot
0: yeah i'm very lukewarm on them I i don't watch a lot of their products so yeah i'll push it because i'm not gonna be a mean guy right now <laughs> it's just the <laughs> so no okay <laughs> B- B- B-
1: i'm gonna elaborate uh, since you seem f- familiar um a little pushing shooting star press thing yeah, yeah. you like that <laughs> I do, I don't know why, but but it's fun. Okay, I liked it once. I I would like it later, but every match they pull it out and it's so WWE that they're just like going to push this into the ground. It's a cool move. Let's do it every match. That's what the people want to see and it's going to start sucking real quick. We got to call that when that's
0: happening, the diminishing returns. Can we call that the embryos rebounding clothesline? Because the first time I saw that, I fucking loved it. Then he used it I every fucking thing. match, and I hate it now.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: But also, yeah, they're a tag team, but they're a WWE tag team. And at least like NXT, back when the Revival was there, uh, DIY, um, friggin' War Raiders, all that sort of stuff. Like, they had Alpha. great tag t- American Alpha, like NXT did tag team wrestling well. Why I know you love tag team wrestling and you just despise what WWE has turned the hot it into. Hot tag, baby. It's all uh, matters. <laughs> oh, it's all about just build to the hot tag, and then that's gonna yeah. be it. So MSK within that system, Barry, but MSK overall, push. Uh sticking with WWE, Rick
1: Boogs. <sighs> <laughs>
2: He Barry. wears overalls and
1: slays I on a know guitar. He, I,
2: I know who he is. <laughs> Barry. I'm watching SummerSlam, and here comes Shinsuke Nakamura with the Intercontinental. I'm like, okay, great. Here's comes Shinsuke. He's going to do some stuff. No. He just walked out and said hello, and it was all about Rick Boogs playing the guitar with him and stuff. And then that was the segment. So Rick Boogs is dragging down Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, let's get Nakamura over there having some fun. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, Wyatt, push or bury Boogs. No, I'm gonna,
0: I'm gonna bury Boogs. I mean, if this was back when everyone had a day job, I'd be more into it. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like I could like him because he has that level of weird cheese that I sometimes will randomly like it. But again, if I'm gonna. Watch someone do a day job, but I'll always say this, it's, it's Duke the Drumster Josie, blue-collar worker, you know, just out there doing his job. That's that's my kind of guy.
1: Yep. Re- yeah, I, re- re- I, I feel like there's something interesting <laughs> there, there with the Rick yep. Boogs character, but it's not coming out, and he had a match last week on SmackDown that was underwhelming, to, to say the least, so I'm not sure where it is, but there's something intriguing there well, that I can't quite unveil.
2: He's like a, he's like Elias... Yeah.
1: You know on a sugar high Yeah that's the thing
0: Like we saw Like how long Elias was like the next thing And he had momentum And like he never changed It was always the same shit And so it's like I don't trust them To make moves interesting Like if he does get interesting They're gonna Keep yeah. doing it to the point Where it's no longer funny It's like you hear Someone hears one joke And they keep using it all the time Like okay relax Like it's no longer funny Because you're keep overusing it And that's the WWE way So I just don't trust it
2: Remember that Elias Heed in Seattle When he oh, ripped the Supersonics He And him. they just he, They wouldn't let him talk That was amazing <laughs> He buried everyone I was there
1: for that one Thanks. Um uh, all right. Switching over to AEW and some things that we saw last night. We briefly touched on this already, but uh CM Punk wearing wearing pants. He's a pants guy now.
2: Barry, it's <laughs> weird. I'm sure I'll get used to it. Uh, but uh it was it was just weird and strange. Is it I guess maybe the muscle definition in his legs isn't what it was, or I have no idea why he's doing the pants. Uh but it's just I did not expect it.
1: It was strange, but I'm sure I'll get used to it. Uh, Is maybe, it eventually going to be like when uh, when Okada ripped off his pants and had the oh, shorts underneath? Oh, I yeah. love that
2: because I hated Okada's pants. I hated those fucking things. <laughs> and the
1: whole place lost their fucking minds? <laughs> I I it'll
0: just be like assume that, that uh, Punk has the names of everyone who's going to be joining AW tattooed on his leg. So like, the contractually, he has to keep it covered oh, there for now. Go. And then he'll reveal it, <laughs> and yep. it'll all be a, oh, And the last name will be Lesnar. His pants
1: get shorter <laughs> as people get revealed. Exactly. <laughs> oh
2: my. God. Oh my god, I just realized that they could have Kenta and CM Punk do a little crossover mm-hmm. feud over the GTS. Mm-hmm. Oh. And they could do that. That's within the realm of possibility.
1: Oh, I love it. Paris, what else you got? Uh last one here. Let's keep it keep it short and sweet. Uh, you know I love a real life couple being reflected in wrestling. Britt Baker joining the elite. Oh. Uh, push?
2: they would be so obnoxious together. Like, we're talking what everybody wanted Triple H and Stephanie McMahon to be in the McMahon-Helmsley regime before it was just absolutely shoved down our throats. Maybe a step below that. I mean that in a positive way. But yeah, those two gorgeous humans would just be insufferable on camera in the best way possible. Push. Push.
0: I'm gonna bury it for now because I want them to the long play of that. There's no need to rush into that. I think she's still calling him on her own. She doesn't necessarily need that right now. So you know, I'm sure it can be a useful facet. But for for my end, yeah, like slow play a bit, tease it a bit. Maybe they say how high down the hallway. Have some fun with it. Yeah, I'd rather them kind of slow play it a bit.
2: Why? I just read on the dirt sheets that uh, yeah, they actually are getting together on this. Uh, oh goddammit. <laughs> it! <laughs> <laughs> to,
1: to Bowman's earlier point though about uh, them not uh, underestimating our intelligence, is it? worthwhile to keep them so separate uh like brett's doing great things right but we all know that they're a couple we're all know as a thing he used her move at the last nxt show she used his move uh last night so um you know it, it just seems to make sense but at the same time the elite's getting a bit big for the bridges but on the other end it might be cool to have a, a woman in the elite uh, you know, the Dark Order has Anna Jay and, you know, there's there's the characters throughout. Uh, although Anna Jay is dating Jack Perry, so maybe she'll end up with Jurassic Express. Anyway, I'm going too far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my head now. But uh, so anyway, good. It, like I said, just is it worthwhile to keep... Playing like they're not a couple, like no, they, everyone. They, they, knows can, they
0: are. They can be a couple for sure, but like they can even be like, oh, you know, couples that work together, break up together. They can acknowledge it. I'm sure they would be smart enough to acknowledge it, but they don't necessarily have to have her join yeah. the elite. Just have her be like, hey, do your thing. I'll do mine. Yeah. Dope. Cool. Yeah. That's enough for me to be like, yeah, awesome. Like we're all aware.
2: Right. They all come out of the same tunnel. So I'm sure they're mixing it up back <laughs> yeah. there. At some they're going to so.
0: party together. We get it.
2: All right. Uh, last thing we'll do really quick is this week in wrestling history.
1: one two three four hit
2: it not gonna get too deep into it but uh september 4th 1995 location the mall of america the first episode of wcw monday nitro the first main shot fired at wwe by what would become their greatest competition that nearly put them out of business Lex Luger surprisingly jumps and makes a, makes an appearance there. Uh, Sting and Ric Flair in the main event and the competition for WWF just got higher. Uh, not a lot to really get into and break it down there. I just think it's interesting that that happened September 4th, 1995. And on September 5th, 2021, you could argue the first main shot of AEW being legit competition to WWE was just fired as well.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say that this is is exactly the same situation because I think we're a little further into the uh, WCW years. Um, I think this is. uh, I think you made the comparison last night, Bowman to uh, mankind wins the title. Like it is that kind of shift of we have them by the throats, Um, we know how to get them, and this is how we're going to do it. Uh, I think that's what last night was. Now, of course, the first episode of AEW. Uh, was the setup to all of what we're about to see coming up so like I said at the top of the show this is momentum shifting this is potentially history making and I think we'll remember uh, this date for a while
0: and again, even if say AEW sputters out and never quite wins or whatever the case may be the fact that they, there's a chance they will is what's exciting because it's been a black hole for WWE for so long in terms of competition and seeing things change and just being kind of stuck under that same umbrella where it's like, oh yeah, look, this is this is all we get. So now we have a chance to, you know, even if it's just like a nice year of this, I'll be excited I got that year because I, I never would have gotten that out of WWE. So again I think they're going all the way. I don't think it's going to be something that's going to stumble, but even if it doesn't end up sputtering out after three, four years, at least we have an era. we can like, Remember that era of AEW, how Fucking insane that was. Rather than me being like, oh, like I think we're talking about pre-show. Like, what were the biggest moments that were like as like you know impactful as his pay for you? And Bowman, you go and tell me the two moments that were as impactful as his pay for yeah. you. Yeah. So <clears throat> the last two moments I can think of
2: uh in WWE that were that like impactful and really captivated a large audience of lapsed fans, casual fans, and hardcore fans were WrestleMania 30 in 2014, where Daniel Bryan uh, conquered the authority and won the World Heavyweight Championship and the WWE Championship, and July of 2011, where CM Punk, on his last night in the company, won the WWE Championship from John Cena. Those were probably two of the biggest wrestling moments I could think of in the last 10 years, and both those guys are now... Under the AEW umbrella, and that's just that's just an incredible thing to uh, to see and to be going through. And I, you know, you got to give props to Tony Khan for knowing enough and being passionate enough at times to seemingly stay out of their way and let the wrestlers be wrestlers, right? Not just putting them into boxes and you have to do this, you have to say this this way, you can't do that move, you can't do this. He, as a fan, trusts them. And they trust that as well. I think both Punk and Danielson, and I think maybe Adam Cole as well, two of the three of them made a comment that something that really stuck out for them was how AEW handled the passing of Brody Lee and how they felt mm. it was very, very classy um, You know, to a guy that was beloved throughout the entire wrestling industry, that that was something that really made them stand up and kind of take notice that these guys are doing things the right way and they care about professional wrestling.
1: Yeah, it really is a differentiator, and I hadn't really broken that down before um, about Brody Lee, but it, it, they, how they continuously reference him—he hasn't, the he hasn't just ceased to exist uh, from an AEW perspective. He still lives on in all these other wrestlers, and like the Dark Order still feels like a Brody Lee faction, even though he's been gone for for you know what, six months now, and it's very interesting how they're able to keep that legacy going it doesn't feel hokey it doesn't feel stupid but most importantly they haven't just pretended like he do- didn't exist and tried to ship him out of lore and maybe even more so you know i don't feel like they've taken advantage of the situation either which uh, wwe has been guilty of doing in the past
0: yeah i just want to quickly we have a whole podcast on the problematic nature of vince mcmahon but there's something That was always rubbed you the wrong way to watch a guy that, you all these stories of him, like, running his wrestlers down, then being the guy that's, like, trying to, like, you know, he's crying about it and stuff. I'm sure he feels bad, but he's also plays a huge part in the down run of some of these guys. So, like, you and watch any of the Dark Side of the Ring stuff, and you're like, oh, Jesus, Vince, no. And Like, you just got, it's, like, hard to, like, this is the guy that's in charge of these guys, and, like, so many wrestlers die and stuff. And, again, business is business. I'm not saying A.W. is not going to have any missteps. They're not going to do things that might not feel the right to us and that side of things but the fact that they are doing what you said like they're kind of helping putting wrestlers above just the bottom line and the fact that Burley is mentioned a lot and there's just so many times in w's past where like you just watch a wrestler die or something and just felt like you know they'll do a storyline on it and you're like oh is this is, he did, oh, he, they think he would have liked it like that way you're like i is it uh so again we got an entire podcast on that but it's just one of those things that i like about aw that kind of feels like the wrestlers are are coming ahead of a lot of other things
2: All right. Well, man, an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. AEW white hot. NEW about to get things kick started this Saturday, September 11th at the Gaming Stadium. That closes the book on another episode of NEW Wrestle Nation. You can follow us on Twitter at NEW Wrestle Pod and be sure to follow the Nation Extreme Wrestling account at NEW Wrestling Inc. Be sure to subscribe to Wrestle Nation on iTunes and Spotify. If you're on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review. That's all for this week. For the Stanchion Wyatt Art, the architect Mike Paris, I'm Jay Bowman, and we'll see you all next week on the other side of NEW1.